0: If I were to take a survey and to to ask all of you to, um, to share some of the times when you felt like you really experienced full, abundant life. I wonder how many stories would be about or involve sitting down at a table with others to share a meal. When I think back to my earliest memories, when I go into the deepest recesses of my mind, some of my earliest, most uh, fond, um, full-of-life memories were of family meals. There is something so powerful and so life-giving about breaking bread together, about breaking bread together. There's a, a fullness there, a richness, not just in the food that enters our mouth and our bellies, but a richness richness in, uh, in connection and sharing, thankfulness and presence. Even now in the midst of this physical distancing, in the midst of this strange kind of existence that we're living right now, I've found such peace and such comfort and such life simply from sitting down at the dinner table with Lauren and Gabriel and Ellis and Joel to have a meal. Even if milk is spilled, even if plates get turned over, um, there is something about it in that basic, ordinary ritual where I, I seem to be just grounded again. Maybe it's, it's not so ordinary after all. It's no wonder that, that shared meals figure so prominently in the story of God's relationship with God's creatures. It's no wonder that, that church... And potluck just go together like like church and potluck. <laughs> we need meals to live to exist, but we also need meals to live to really live we're in the midst of a sermon series now called "The Life that is Life seeking to experience to lean into to nurture uh, that abundant full a uh, new creation opened up by Jesus' resurrection, made possible for Jesus' resurrection. And last week, we began the sermon series in a rather unexpected place, right? Talking about scars and how we experience life even in the midst of scarred places. Today, we continue with a place so familiar that we might just be taking it for granted. The dinner table. We experience the life That is life when we share meals together. Let us pray. God, open our hearts and minds to your word for us this day. We pray that it would take root there. Grow us, transform us, that we might bear fruit for you. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Our scripture reading this morning comes from uh, the Gospel of Luke. I'll be reading from the 24th chapter. Another resurrection appearance of Jesus I invite you to open your hearts and minds to God's word. On that same day, being the same day of Jesus' resurrection, two disciples were traveling to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. They were talking to each other about everything that had happened. While they were discussing these things, Jesus himself arrived. And joined them on their journey. They were prevented from recognizing him. He said to them, what are you talking about as you walk along? They stopped, their faces downcast. The one named Cleopas replied, are you the only visitor to Jerusalem who is unaware of the things that have taken place here over these last few days? He said to them, what things? They said to him, the things about Jesus of Nazareth. Because of his powerful deeds and words, he was recognized by God and all the people as a prophet. But our chief priests and our leaders handed him over to be sentenced to death, and they crucified him. We had hoped he was the one who would redeem Israel. All these, happen, all these things happened three days ago, but there's more. Some women from our group have left us stunned. They went to the tomb early this morning and didn't find his body. They came to us saying they had even seen a vision of angels who told them he is alive. Some of those who were with us went to the tomb and found things just as the women said. They didn't see him. Then Jesus said to them, you foolish people, your dull minds keep you from believing all the prophets talked about. Wasn't it necessary for the Christ to suffer these things and then enter into his glory? And then he interpreted for them all the things written about himself in all the scriptures, starting with Moses and going through all the prophets. When they came to Emmaus, he acted as if he was going on ahead, but they urged him, saying, Stay with us. It's nearly evening, and the day is almost over. So he went in to stay with them. After he took his seat at the table with them, he took the bread, blessed, and broke it, and gave it to them. Their eyes were opened, and they recognized him, but he disappeared from their sight. They said to each other, weren't our hearts on fire when he spoke to us along the road and when he explained the scriptures for us? They got up right then and returned to Jerusalem. They found the eleven and their companions gathered together. They were saying to each other, the Lord really has risen. He appeared to Simon. Then the two disciples described what had happened along the road and how Jesus was made known to them as he broke the bread. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. After Jesus took a seat at the table with them, he took the bread, he blessed it, he broke it, he gave it to them. Their eyes were opened and they recognized him. Of all the ways they could have recognized the risen Jesus, and it happened around a table doing what human beings have to do or we die, we do not live. Eat. 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 Yet Jesus takes eating a step further in this supper reveal. We don't just eat to sustain our biological existence. We eat together to experience, to share, to nurture abundant life. You know, life wasn't so abundant at first for those two disciples journeying down the road. They were downcast, talking to each other about the traumatic events that had just unfolded, everything that had happened. And three three little words that they say tell us all we need to know about their state of being. As Jesus begins to journey with them, even though they don't recognize him, they say, we had hoped. We had hoped. We had hoped he would be the one to redeem Israel. We had hoped. Communicates the disappointment that they felt, the the sadness, the discouragement, the confusion, the disconnection, the life draining from them. We had hoped. I wonder how many of us connect with those words I had hoped. I had hoped that we would be rid of this virus by now. I had hoped that I would have developed a better routine by now. I had hoped the cancer treatment would be more effective. I had hoped that justice would have prevailed. I had hoped that I would have landed the job. I had hoped we would get to see my parents. I had hoped that I wouldn't make the same mistake again. I had hoped that God would answer my prayer. I had hoped. However... Their disappointment, our disappointment, their discouragement, our discouragement, their disconnection, our disconnection is not a barrier to experiencing new and abundant life. It isn't a bar to the risen Christ. Sometimes folks like them, folks like us need something basic. Need something basic to open the door, to reconnect us to the deep love, hope, holy relationship with god and others that define that characterize the life that is really life connect us to the source the life the god we know as father son and holy spirit is defined after all by a constant giving and receiving sharing of love and making space for one another it's no wonder then one of the most well-known icons of the trinity is a painting of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit sharing at table together. Sharing at table together. Sometimes we need a table. We need a table. Thankfully, friends, Jesus shows up at tables a lot. When the two downcast disciples reach their destination, they, they urge this strange sojourner to stay and eat with them. And, and Jesus does so. And he enters into this beautiful, familiar pattern. He, he takes bread. He blesses it. He breaks it. And he shares it. Takes. Thanks. Breaks. Gives. Takes thanks, breaks, gives, they've they've heard this before. We've heard that before. As their hearts, our hearts start to, to beat a little faster. We're all into Disney at our house right now, and so this scene actually reminds me of the movie Aladdin, believe it or not. Aladdin, of course, had lived on the streets of Agrabah until he received a magic lamp, and wished to be a prince with one of his wishes so that he could marry Princess Jasmine. He had actually met Jasmine before on the, in the streets of the, the marketplace. And when he met her then, he did two things. Two things that apparently Jasmine remembered very well. At one point, he, he takes an apple and he, he kind of rolls it down his arm. Flicks it up to her so she can catch it. And then at one, another point, to escape the palace guards. He reaches out her hand to her and he says, do you trust me? Do you trust me? Now later in the movie, now Prince Ali, Jasmine doesn't realize that he's really Aladdin at first. But then on the same night, Aladdin, a.k.a. Prince Ali, takes an apple and he, he rolls it down his arm, flicks it up. She catches it. And then later, standing on his magic carpet, he, he once again reaches out his hand and asks, Do you trust me? In that familiar way. Jasmine has heard this before, and her heart starts to beat a little faster. She knows who he is. Takes, thanks, breaks, gives. When Jesus fed 5,000 people on a hillside, he took bread. He gave thanks. He broke the bread. He gave it away. But it wasn't just about physical sustenance. It was participation in the life that is life, sharing, in the love between Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. As they shared the bread that Jesus had multiplied there on the hillside. A connection with God and one another by eating together. When Jesus shared the last supper with the disciples, he, he took bread. He gave thanks. He broke the bread. He gave it to his disciples. He shared it. But it wasn't just about physical sustenance. It was about experiencing the life that is life. About sharing in the poured out love of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. As they shared the bread and cup, a connection with God and with one another by eating together. Take, thanks, break, give. That's table rhythm. That's the rhythm of abundant life. When Jesus does this at the Emmaus table with those disciples, it stirs their awareness of him. They've experienced this before. They they recognize this. It breaks open their hearts and their lives to his life-giving presence, to the life that is life. There can be no doubt. This is the risen Christ. This isn't about physical sustenance only. It is about experiencing the life that is life. Sharing in the love between Father, Son, and Holy Spirit as they should meal with the one whose resurrection opened up. The door to this new way of being with God and one another in relationship. A connection with God and one another in new creation that lasts forever. At table, eating together. You know, if the first human transgression in the first creation was an eating transgression where Adam and Eve took the fruit and and ate it and their eyes were opened to their nakedness, and to experiencing death. It only makes sense that one of the first acts of faithfulness and love in the new creation was also an act of eating. And this time it was Jesus, the risen Christ, took bread, gave thanks, broke it, gave it to his disciples, and his disciples' eyes were opened to the risen Christ and to life. The disciples have experienced the life that is life because they've experienced table fellowship with the risen Jesus. They've experienced life because they say, we're not our hearts burning within us. And apparently breaking bread together, sharing table meals together, continue to be where the disciples Found and practiced and continued the presence of the living Christ with them because the book of Acts says that they devoted themselves to the breaking of bread, that they broke bread in their homes, that they shared meals with gladness and simplicity with others, with sincere hearts. It sure seems like when followers of Jesus eat meals with one another and with others, somehow the risen Christ continues to be present. And abundant life happens because we're connecting ourselves to what we need to truly live. What we need to truly live. God and one another. God and one another. People only become fully alive when they're intimately connected with God and intimately connected with others. When they have a place at the table. I like to think, I like to hope that's part of the draw, part of the gift, part of the beauty of B3 community groups here and why they revolve so much and are organized so much around eating meals together. And even though we can't do that eating together part right now, nonetheless, talk to someone about, talk to someone in B3, in a B3 group, and they will tell you how life-changing, how life-giving it is to gather at table whether it's a literal one or a virtual one. Take, thanks, break, give. When we eat at table together, we we nurture the way of life of Jesus. We take food, maybe bread, maybe asparagus. We give thanks over it. Maybe God is great, God is good, maybe Praise God from whom all blessings flow. We break it. Maybe we cut up our kids' chicken into bite-sized pieces. Maybe we scoop mashed potatoes out of the bowl and and serve it onto someone's plate. We give it. We share our food with one another. Maybe it's the, the last biscuit. Maybe it's the first helping of brownies. Take, thanks, break, give. But it's, just, it's not just about physical sustenance, is it? When we come to the table, when we come to the table, we're also taking our lives, every bit of them, from the part of us that actually remembered to, to pray in the morning to the part of us that lost it on our kids with our kids that afternoon. We're giving thanks over them, over the God who is the source of our, our life. Maybe it's thanking God for God's grace. Maybe it's uh, delighting in and building up the person sitting across the table from us. We're breaking them. We're opening up ourselves vulnerably and trustingly to others who are gathered at the table. Maybe we share a high from the day. Maybe we share a moment of brokenness. We're giving them. We're we're offering ourselves to God and to, to one another. Maybe around that table, we birth an idea for how to serve and bless folks we recognize aren't at the table. Maybe we simply offer a hug or a smile to the one who comes to the table discouraged. Take, thanks, break, give. And in so doing, we know that this is not just for physical sustenance, that we gather together to eat. We are experiencing the risen Christ anew. We are experiencing and nurturing the full, abundant life that he offers. We are connecting ourselves to God and to one another. Take thanks, break, share. Eating together at table. This is life. Friends, the, the path to full abundant life isn't a magical path. It's an incredibly practical one. It's a practical journey full of familiar and familiar things, like eating together. And during these hard days of, I had hoped, of sheltering in place, stories of death and suffering, fearing for our futures, it's difficult to trust. In the power of small, familiar things. A bit of bread, a bite of chicken, a sip of wine or water, a table, a shared meal. But in a society where it's rare for families to actually sit down together for a meal, maybe these days give us a chance to lean in that more, and so to lean into abundant life, to have our eyes open to recognize and realize the Jesus who is made known there, to realize that Jesus' abundant life happens when we take, when we bless, when we break, when we share, at the table and with our lives, You may not see it all the time, but I'll bet more than you think, you'll be sitting around the table with others, maybe from your family, hopefully soon with your B3 group. You'll be passing the rolls, maybe rolling your eyes at, at someone's bad joke, grimacing internally as your kid drops peas all over the floor, and your heart Your heart will be burning in your chest as you experience the presence of Jesus, the life that is life. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen.